This is Thor Odinson, and you're listening to Across the Bifrost, Avengers Assemble! Whosoever holds this hammer, if it be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doze, joined today by a Avengers-level squad to do our latest edition of the Simonson Saga. Yes, this is the point in the MCU where all the Phase 1 origin films are done, and now we're going to get together with some of our mightiest heroes, and we are going to conquer the first big crossover, uh, big level event that we are doing in Simons and Saga. We are today talking about the Surtur Saga, and we are gonna be uh, we're gonna be digging into five issues of Walt Simonson's Thor. It's gonna be a great time. So let me bring in our cast of cast and crew. We've got some Warriors Three in here. We've got a, an honorary fourth member of the Warriors Three in here. They are going to introduce themselves. They are they are familiar. They are friends of yours. But they're gonna they're gonna introduce themselves and tell you how they've co- they have contributed to the Simonson saga thus far. We will start off with one of the Warriors Three. He covered the first Simonson saga. Will Rose, welcome to our big crossover event, man. Beta Ray Will is in the house, and I just gotta say, crack a Will, woo! <laughs> Jesus. I did not see the crack of will coming back. Yeah, yeah, it came back just for this. It's not even related a, to this. It's not yeah, at all. That was like uh, what a new comic from a few months ago. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. like a, that was a doom. Oh, well, <laughs> crack a doom and crack a plow, whatever. There's a lot of like sound effects in this crossover, and I can't wait to get to it and hear 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 how loud it is amongst our our friends here. And Will, you covered uh, the Beta Ray Bill origin story. Now that feels like forever ago. What do you remember from our inaugural episode of the Simonson saga? Yeah, I mean, it's just that like what started uh, Simonson's run on Thor is Beta Ray Bill on the cover, smashing the Thor logo into many pieces and introducing a brand new character to the Marvel universe. And that's what I kind of miss what I, I still have my pull list. I, I get comics every week and I kind of miss the, the emergence of new heroes and villains and, and the kind of mainline big two of, of comics. Cause most creators go rightfully so go to their own property owned um, yeah. kind of uh, I, IPs because they don't want like, big two to steal that money from him in case it makes it big but anyway like like simonson introduced a brand new character and so that just kind of really smashed everything open and and created a new kind of uh story and thread for thor that kind of changed uh how thor comics were done from from there on out and then and then we talked about uh daniel warren johnson's beta ray bill as well did we yeah so so what what simonson laid the foundation for Daniel Warren Johnson kind of leapt forward yes. and, and did that thing, which a lot of things with in terms of the searcher um, saga here, a, a lot of that, I kept thinking about that run yeah. of what Daniel did. Cause he built upon that um, in terms of swords and flames. And uh, oh, I mean, uh, it's almost lines. companion reading material. Yeah. 
you, you should go you should go read that if you haven't but will uh i mean you're one of the warriors three so it's always good to have you man mm. um now our honorary fourth member the balder the brave uh to our hogan fandrel and volstag nathan gilmore from the part two of the simonson saga is back and i know some of you listeners are very excited to have nathan back because you're like how does he know that about this and how does he have that reference just ready to go uh but nathan is back to help us complete this first big storyline in simonson's thor so uh nathan welcome back man and uh, what do you remember from the the second part of our Simonson saga? So in the second part, I mean, we got this uh, wonderful story of Fafnir, the Marvel version. And, uh, you know, because I teach some medieval literature, of course, I was just totally geeking out because we had Fafnir from uh, the Volsung saga. Uh, and then we had a Beowulf style storyline with Il- Ilif the Lost. And Ilif the Lost was a companion of Harold Hardrada who we all know, of course, from the old English Chronicle. All of us. Uh, or, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, anyway. all of us, really. Uh, so, of I course, mean, you know, of course, yes. Uh, what what, what <laughs> listeners uh, had to suffer through was uh, Nathan Gilmore geeking out on, I think, oh. seven different medieval texts. And, I don't think uh, any I, suffering I had done. such a great time with it. <laughs> uh, and uh nathan we got lots of we got lots of uh, uh thorcore members and lots of people on our discord that were like yeah really enjoyed that um very so, cool very cool thank you, thank you for bringing your expertise to uh, our silly comic book podcast um and uh the the last member he is also a member of the warriors three uh we could not do an event this big we could not do an mcu style event without Across the Bifrost, resident MCU expert and uh, cosplayer extraordinaire. Uh, Faz, of course, is back for this edition of the Simonson Saga. So, Faz, what do you remember from the third Simonson Saga? You helped us break down Malekith and the Casket of Ancient Winters. And uh, there was a breakout character... Oh, who could he have been? Maybe the greatest character in the history of comics, right? Oh, right. Roger Willis, the greatest Roger character Willis. in the history of American comics. True American hero. Now, before dun, we even dun, get into dun, it, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I am a real American. <laughs> As you were uh, talking to Nathan, I realized that the reason why our show is so silly and weird is because I don't let you and Will focus on the important stuff as long as I should. So to any any listeners who hate that about us, I'm sorry. And any listeners who love that, you're welcome. And I guess we'll go from there. <laughs> um, I was part of the Malekith issues, but that's the least important thing that we learned. The most important thing was obviously Roger. The yeah, Casket of Ancient yeah. Winters was cool. And just all of the the, the low-key love potioning. I don't mean Loki as in Loki. I mean... Pretty concerning stuff to be in an '80s comic, you know. It's not. Well, yeah, I mean that opening scene of burger rape. I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. Like, you, you guys didn't even mention that, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't mention. Of course, that's, I just that's mentioned like, that's it. Like Never mind. The, oh, like, do I have to? Do I have to bleep that out? I I was. I, I, I think you probably the, should. The Triggered. I, I I was I was going to reference the blurred lion song instead, but yeah, no, my my no, that, that, definitely there's nothing blurry about those frames. <laughs> it was um. It was. The if I recall the horniest that I've I've seen Simonson that, is, that is, is what, what I kept saying. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, it well. And, and I would stand the by that comic you'd ever read. <laughs> yeah, and I I stand by that. It was unfortunately mostly unrequited love, which is very dangerous for <laughs> especially the, the especially in this day and age. But, oh, uh, the eighties. Oh, but the, the art 80s. was beautiful, guys. The art was beautiful. <laughs> the storyline was cool, and 
it all led to the opening of the gate and that's why we're here yeah. today. Faz Faz perfectly brings us right up to where we're at today. We're talking about issues 349 through 353 of Walt Simonson's Thor. And these issues a lot of times are, are called the uh, the Surtur saga, which is the you know the culmination of this year and a half long story that Walt has been weaving throughout his book. We started our first issue, the issue that uh, will reference 337 with Beta Ray Bill smashing the masthead. That issue is called Doom. And the last issue we're going to talk about today is called Doom 2. So mm. we're bringing it full circle today. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you, uh, wherever you're listening, whatever you're you're up to, whether you're uh, doing some chores, listening to us, you're in the car, listening to us, you're enjoying a cup of coffee on a good morning. And uh, you just want to chill with some, with some buddies, talk about comics. We hope we can do that today with some of the most epic comics. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Will said this before we started, this feels like it's, it's epic in scope, but it also feels like, it's just it, it it delivers on so many different things. It's so big. It feels like you know Lord of the Rings. It feels like Star Wars. It feels like these big, huge, massive properties coming together for these huge battles. And we are gonna get we're gonna get our money's worth out of this one, everybody. So let's get started. Let's jump into our first issue. Nathan is going to take us uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis of three forty nine. And then we're gonna we're gonna hem and haw about that one, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna get you through the Surtur saga, hopefully with a smile on your face. And uh, yeah, Nathan, take it away, man. All right. So in uh, three forty nine, I mean, we start off with uh, you know Roger, of course, because we need to start off with Roger, <laughs> and you know what Roger is onto <laughs> that Thor is not uh, is the Golden Mead plot, and so you know Roger has a sense i think that he can't uh, match lorelei in single combat so instead he sneaks into the kitchen and waters down the golden mead uh therefore beginning the process of you know breaking the hold uh that the golden mead has on thor um we can talk about that i mean you know it's kind of a continuation of uh of of what was going on in earlier issues but then we get the great assembly in asgard and this really is the 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 biggest part of this issue uh balder and his would-be assassin agnar arrive at asgard uh odin you know gathers everyone together and then you know in good medieval style before you go off to the big fight you have to tell the story of why it is that we are fighting and what we discover in the story is that odin and his two brothers in ages gone by uh did travel into niflheim and you know when they were there, uh, they, you know, discovered Surtur, for lack of a better term. And, you know, what we get in the story is that, you know, uh, we get a reference to another of the, the great mythic texts, uh, Voltron, Defender of the Universe, uh, as, as Odin and his brothers form <laughs> one giant body and go to battle uh, against Surtur. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, some of the art there, because, I mean, just yeah. some of the... Uh, some of the ways that that Simonson uses scale to tell a story is just glorious there. But uh, eventually, you know, this combat, they realize that they cannot best Surtur in single combat. And so Odin's two brothers uh, decide to delay Surtur while Odin goes 
and escapes through uh, a portal. And, you know, that's kind of where the story ends. And that's where Odin uh, leaves us, you know, realizing that, you know, if Surtur has returned, this is a power that even the combined powers of three old gods could not defeat. Uh, and, you know, if, if we started with, uh, you know, Faz's issue, we're going to end with Will's issue because in the last moment of 349, uh, Odin summons back to Asgard, Beta Ray Bill, and it's time, mm. to get, it's time to get down to business. Oh man, it's yeah. We're 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 we are very appropriately we're setting the stage. Uh, you know, like Nathan said, we know why Odin's got you know Odin's invested in this fight. Obviously, Asgard's at risk, the Nine Realms are at risk, but also he has a personal beef with Surtur. Um, and there's there's so much there's so much uh, kind of exposition, uh, action packed exposition packed in here, and um, what I guess. Will and Faz, like, what jumped out to you guys about 349 as we uh, we start this journey? So before we get to the serious discussion, Nathan, you completely left out the most important plot point, which is that Odin is also aware of the gold mead plot and decides, well, as long as she's not immortal, I guess it's fine. And That's what he's doing. What he's doing. <laughs> that part of just, like, looking into, like, the uh, like the witch's, like, brew or ball or whatever, like, oh, let me creep on and see what's going on. Yeah. What is going on with my son? Why is Immortal again? Oh, oh, God. oh she's God. a witch who's drugging him? Oh, cool. All right. It's, yeah, okay. As long as she's fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out later. It's like stooping to a mortal. Like, we can we can do something. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. My point good. taken point taken creeper creeper odin is, is like she could be spider. the worst immortal ever but at least <laughs> at least she's at least she won't die she's drugging him but you know at, at least you know she can humans can't get away with that it has to be magic drugs yeah and and again it goes back to like simonson like weaving in these different plots like there's there's the big big plot of what's going on a plot but then there's b c plot and things are happening with balder things are happening with other meanwhile you know they switch over he almost has like a cliffhanger final page of a comic in the middle of the comic be like what you right. leaving me there like stay tuned after this commercial break and we'll be right back to what's really happening right. you know, kind of thing that he's he's weaving this story and and i and i love that and i and i love that like odin's like gather around children let me tell you a tale of of what's really going on so it's like a flashback about really what's behind this this big baddie threat this villain that that's coming down the road for this epic kind of um story arc that he's been building up towards for a while right and, and the, like i said in this exposition i mean what's really great is that you know in one frame uh you know the the sons of boar odin and his two brothers uh they will be just minuscule next to the giant hulking bulk of Surtur, and mm-hmm. then just a couple frames later you know when they go voltron they will be you know shoulder to shoulder <laughs> the same height uh you know swinging weapons that are the same size but yeah. then when they're escaping you know, you get a a perspective view so that they look, you know, only maybe, you know, half the size of Surtur, but it's because Surtur is in the distance pursuing them. So, so again, I mean, just on the on the art level, uh, you know, it's just a masterful uh, sequence here. You know, as Odin uh, tells the story of the first battle with Surtur. Yeah, and like the the masterful fight, the art, like in terms of like the sword fight of like them coming together, and again referencing back to Krakadoom is right there, right there. <laughs> These two swords just clashing there towards the end, and and what he does with the sound effects and the lettering and the art and the words is is masterful, uh, 
storytelling when it comes to the medium of, of comic books. And it does and this say is, crack a doom. I owe you an apology. I, you I, do. Oh, it I absolutely says that it was crack you. Yeah, yeah. I, I accept that from you. Fast. Couldn't be bigger. Couldn't be more aggressive. Couldn't have the word doom in more bold letters. That's yeah. And when I show up at your wedding, you'll, you'll, we'll toast together at uh, a free drink or something. That, like that. that is a fabulous panel too, with Voltron, Odin and Surtur swinging the swords at each other. It's just, <sighs> uh, and, okay. and what's the outcome guys? What, what happens to the swords after they hit? Don't cross the streams. Right. I wasn't going for a joke. I was going for the storyline for the readers. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The the sword, uh, just the swords are shattered. Is that what you're? The looking swords for? are shattered. Exactly. Yeah, okay, very good, yeah. very good. Which is really important because that's kind of what slows Surtur down mm-hmm. and yeah, makes him spend yeah. the next millennia reforging. Right. Right. Wow. Talk, see, this is why you bring four people on to look at one line of comics because I'm like, <laughs> I'm all obsessed about like. The there's a panel in here that I, I want to talk a little bit more about, but I'm so focused on that panel. I'm like, oh right, the swords are gone. <laughs> like, yeah, they have this huge clash and they're they're gone. But by the way, Will, when you go to Faz's wedding, wouldn't wouldn't the appropriate thing to say be crack a groom? <laughs> I will Get stand up here. in the middle. <laughs> that anybody... was my Will Rose joke of the episode. Uh, I'm so proud. You're learning well, Padawan. You're learning Thank well. You. Nathan Thank is you. already regretting it. He's like, what did I what did I get myself Correct. into? This is a terrible decision. <laughs> so the... does anybody here uh have anything to say before we do these vows? I stand up and go, crack a groom. And you're like, oh my gosh, security. Cynthia would be mortified. Cynthia's just like, I said, don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the one panel though I, I was I was kind of obsessed with is the 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 panel at the bottom of page twenty where Odin has taken in the power from his brothers mm-hmm. and we get this little bitty like uh, narration style box that says thus was born the Odin power the birthright of the sons of Bor now the Odin force is a huge aspect to Thor comics. It is like it is paramount up there with like the Phoenix Force, the Power Cosmic. It's up there with those types of ambiguous, you know, what's the, what's the power level of this thing? It's like, well, it's whatever we need it to be. It does whatever we want it to do. Um, but seeing this is kind of the origin story of that concept in Thor comics is really really cool, and I think. Um, it can kind of get breezed breezed over um, with uh, with how kind of commonplace it is in Thor comics. Like, oh, Odin, the Odin Force. Yeah, sure. That you know, it's it's it, they're synonymous almost. But this is how we got that power source, and I, I really really love that Simonson gives us his explanation of that in this in this comic, and that it is it's tied to Surtur, and that's another reason why Surtur and Odin like really really do not like each other like they are not fans of each other on any level um really i thought they were buddies hey hanging out i thought we were buddies (laughs) and and this is one of the many things that comics and medieval texts have in common is that both of them just fearlessly re-narrate the origin of things uh so i mean you know if you read an arthur story don't assume you know who galahad is because uh it's going to recreate galahad and likewise you know the odin power uh, we just relocated it in the first battle of Sir, uh, the first battle with Surtur. There we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that also because Nathan referenced this on uh, in our Simonson Saga episode two. That like the cool thing about mythology is you can do so much with it. Like you can reinvent it, 
and 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 you can uh tell different stories within it because it it's it's kind of malleable it's not there's not like a I'm sure there's more, um, you know, that certain Eddas and certain um, sagas are more accepted because they've probably been widely like researched. But Nathan, would you say that something as kind of loosey goosey as mythology, like there's no canon to it? You like to be sure, to be sure, and and you know, I mean, different mythologies have different uh, histories, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there there is no official version of Zeus. Uh, there is no official version of Marduk. Uh, every text that you know tells the story tells a different version. So I mean, you know, um, I mean, you know, for instance, I mean, here, uh, you know, what Simonson's doing, uh, and I realize I just jumped from mythological text to comic text, but it's kind of what I do. Um, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot in the Eddas that give us anything like this, but we do get this moment, uh, just a page before what Ryan was referencing, where Odin's two brothers. Uh, their final lines to him, I mean, are not out of Beowulf. They're not out of any Edda. Uh, they are into your hands. We give the future. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good Friday service, you know, I mean, you know, they are sacrificing themselves and I mean, their last words are the last words of Christ from the cross. Hmm. Hmm. Well, any thoughts? Y- yeah. And it's in terms of that, that living text, you're reinterpreting the story for your present context. And I, and I always make the case that even, even scripture, the Bible is that way too. We get, we, we there is a misinterpretation of like, this is what it says. And it has to say this for the entire time. There's one interpretation forever. No, you're reinterpreting the text for your present moment. The book, whole book of Deuteronomy is like reinterpreting the text, the Torah for their present time in mm. in exile you have two creation stories in genesis because they're reinterpreting um what creation means for their particular context hundreds and thousands of years apart from one another so i think i think that same thing happens here that um jason aaron reinterpreted uh thor for the present context of what he was doing with what simonson yeah, already yeah. built upon so that same thing is happening so the you know myth and truth uh endure there there's, there are universal truths but then we reinterpret it for our present context and where we find ourselves in history and where we are in whatever stage of life and faith that we find ourselves in. So, so yeah, right. 100%. And then even the Eddas, you know, those, those 13th and 14th century uh, Northern European texts where we get a lot of these stories, uh, you know, there's no alphabetic language in Northern Europe until Christian monks show up with Latin. Mm. So, I mean, you know, what we get is Christians retelling the stories of Vikings and, you know, it's mm. either coincidental or it isn't coincidental that, you know, the Viking stories are in the form that we receive them obsessed with a coming day of judgment. Mm. Now, is that the Christian influence? Is that the Viking influence? The answer is, I mean, it, it doesn't come with the commentary, so we don't know, but it's certainly fun to speculate. Yeah, it's probably a, 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 at the very least, it's a mixture of both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying they're getting ready to Ragnarok and roll is what you're saying? Oh, something like that will. Something like that will. Okay. Just wondering. Baz, you, you were going to jump in there for a second, but the, the, our, 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 con, our convergence of, of thoughts all got you. <laughs> I, I was only going to jump in to say that all this talk about Christianity changing over time felt like a direct shot at Roman Catholicism, but I was just going to leave it at that. <laughs> hey, man, there's Vatican II. Pope, pa, wow. Papa Francis. Papa Francis does, does a pretty good job. That's true. He does. He he drags them kicking and st- uh, screaming into the 18th century, and someday we'll be where we're supposed to be. <laughs> Fast can say that because he is Catholic. <laughs>
that's yes, that that's true. So for, it's for, like a dentist, for, for, like for, a dentist for, making dentist jokes. You know, for, for anybody who can see the video, which I don't know if Ryan's going to put on Patreon or whatever, I am wearing a gold crucifix on my neck. I'm Roman Catholic Italian. Uh, so because of that, I can make the comments because I'm in the ecosystem. <laughs> he, can, he, can make, he can make those comments and he can make pasta like a boss. So I Baz, can you make pasta? I mean, I could make pasta, but I, I don't make it well enough to not get just like a barilla or something. Um, and then Cynthia is actually the one who makes the really nice sauce and then puts everything together. And then we have a nice wow. red sauce together. You two really are just a, a match. A match her her family owns a pizza restaurant. What? It was meant to be, guys. By the way, the more I learn about her, she gets cooler and you get I know. luckier. <laughs> the, the, this, is, oh, this is a slight pivot, but... Uh, when Cynthia had her bridal shower the other day, Ryan messaged me and was like, yeah, so the, the more I see you guys together, the more I wonder, like, why is she settling like this? <laughs> and by the way, that's that's when you know you've reached a level of friendship where you're like, I could probably get away with this, right? <laughs> I could probably get away with this. Didn't you um, feel bad afterwards, too? And I was just laughing the whole time. You're like, oh, Cynthia loved it. Uh, yeah. But speaking of not getting away with things... Surter is not going to get away with this plan because Odin has summoned Beta Ray Bill and Sif back, which means Will is going to lead us into 350 and kind of lay the groundwork here because his guy Beta Ray Bill is back. Beta Ray Will has the mic and he's going to tell us all about 350. Mm, it's time to Ragnarok and roll, y'all. And, and and yeah, like in terms of like um, you know, I, I've shared in, in another podcast, uh, Hammered Q&A, that one of my favorite issues of all time in Thor is 350. And I was reading it for this particular podcast that I was like, I think this is peak, peak Thor, peak Ooh. Simonson. Uh, Martin Coca-Cola, like, ask, what do you think is like an issue that like epitomizes Thor? And I was like, 350. Um, and, and it's because like you, Odin calls... Uh, beta ray bill back to help with like uh, if we're going to do this we need to bring in some help we need to bring in some friends beta ray bill and sif uh, emerge onto the scene the cosmic avenger rides again as it says and and they're right there um and and it is like a for your lord of the rings fans it's like a helm's deep um mm -hmm. gather your troops together we're all going to line up ready to go into battle so it's a, it's a big setup they're getting ready to go to battle the battle hasn't really happened yet for the most part of this comic but they're gathering their troops together both sides and they're building up like what are we going to do next and then eventually they they land on midgard and and the um the, the battle ensues and and there you have like again this crossover we talked about like is this infinity war in game if this would if this comic would have been done in the 2000s we would have like a 12 issue crossover event summer event for marvel right. with all the tie-ins from avengers and fantastic four and guardians of the galaxy and whatever uh popular book you can think of is gonna be thrown in into this kind of kind of crossover because in this you have star fox yep that um, questionable, um, uh, <laughs> creepy Avenger that uh, it, that may he does a have lot of, like how do you a lot of gross Star sex Fox's stuff powers in a good way? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably will not show up in a Marvel movie these days. But but you have Star Fox uh, with um, Scarlet well, was Witch. Was he not in the after credits in Eternals? He he, he was, and they're aggressively changing what sort of character he is. He's just going to yeah. be very suave instead of having the specific powers that he has. Yeah. Right. And, okay. And, okay. And that, that's credits, what you're driving at. Okay. He's isn't he like a, a like a very popular musician pop star? Yes. Yes, Grandpa Will. He is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's I think he's the one of the most popular on the planet. Radio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the <laughs> Kids call him um, Harry the Styles. I think they call him Harry the Styles. Oh my god! I'm, I'm pretty sure it's actually the Harry the Styles. <laughs> the, the Harry the. Styles. My daughters are listening to this, going, "Oh my god!" Dad. I'm very hip with the children. Your daughters are so listening to I, this. I can speak. To yeah, this. they they listen to every episode, and then they're going to go. You took us to this concert. No, they don't listen to these episodes. They, they listen to us talk about comics from the '80s. That's incredibly impressive. That's right. I give it to them. I say, you must listen to this if you want me to pay uh, for your college. No, uh, that's not true. Um, no, no, no. But so you have like Star Fox, Scarlet Witch, Cap, uh, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, and Wasp all there together. Uh, yeah, and Wanda looks great in this. Uh, Wanda looks yes, great. The uh, whole yeah. art in this. I just want to say, and I did like off off screen i messaged and ryan and i talked and i was like why does this issue look different from like others on my mike marvel app but for some reason like the it's just small the the how do i put it like the the panels are wider so you see like smaller characters they're smaller on the screen so you have like a wider shot with um hard edges and inks and and the and the word bubbles are it's just so good and and it's they're like so cinematic good. It's very cinematic. And so you do have like um, all the characters there, Warriors 3, the Enchantress. Um, you you have um, uh, the Avengers fighting. They're all, you have the Balder side story. But well, one thing that I like is that like this, the Manhattan where most things happen in the Marvel universe is on fire because of these demons that has been unleashed upon the city. But then Thor really uses his like godlike thunder power where he brings in the lightning, but he brings in the rain to put out the fire. And there's this one panel where there's like a rainbow that leads into Manhattan. So you see this kind of like calming of the storm that, that they're bringing to this. But is this the part where they kind of split up where like Beta Ray Bill is like sent to handle things on Midgard and then Thor goes off to fight Sartor on 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 Asgard? Is is this kind of where this that is where the, start- this is kind of the, the preface before that that's gonna yeah. happen in the next issue. Right. This is where like it, well actually in here this actually kind of explains the the trick that Surtur has played. I'm going to read the last two panels of this issue because they mm-hmm. are incredible. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's this honestly, it was my favorite part of the issue. I love a good Marvel fight scene, but the way this one ends feels like a game of Thrones to be continued. Like, Oh no, what do we like? What have we gotten ourselves into kind of ending of a book? Yeah. There's this long, uh, uh, horizontal panel of red and in the foreground you see the the heroes in blue and really thick inks and there is this uh huge not not pretty not stylized but a very rough edged um uh sound effect that's just it's just this blah this loud droning sound and here's what is said beta ray bill says what dreadful wail is this it feels as though it would shatter my skull and thor says it is the gallerhorn heimdall sounds the gallerhorn the enemies of the gods stand before the gates of asgard curse me a fool twas surter's plan from the beginning 
He fired the city that I might quench the blazing inferno with my with with the powers of the storm at my command, and so create the very path he sought to Asgard. Bifrost, the the rainbow bridge, was taken, surter to the heart of the golden realm, and only my aged father now stands between him and the total destruction of the universe itself. Hot damn, that is a way to end a book. Yeah, and then it yeah. just says the story. This story we we call the story that we have next is one we call Ragnarok and Roll Two. Um, T O it's yeah T O O not T-O-O. not the number two. Ragnarok and Roll also as well. Yes, yes. That is how we end three fifty. Like, I mean, guys, there's so much in this book. And Nathan's been weirdly quiet. Um, so I just got to know, like, what, what were your thoughts about 350 before we we head off back to Asgard and we we get a big climactic fight scene? Well, this is the the first time I'm revisiting this book, you know, in the MCU era. Um, I, I read it as a kid, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, but what I realize is just how much this issue, you know, starts to set the the visual storyboard paradigm for the battle of New York in the MCU. I mean, you know, yeah. all the way down to, you know, setting up the portal device on a skyscraper and, hmm. you know, half. Oh, of the team yeah. has, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Part of the team has to go into the portal in order to destroy it so that, you know, the army will disintegrate because apparently a lot of armies in Marvel disintegrate. Once you hit the special target, you don't have to beat um, all of them. You just have to beat like some of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that that's really what jumps out at me. The other thing uh, is that, you know, you have this, uh, you know, and and listeners, I'm, I'm be sure you hear all the syllables here, a Mephistopheles storyline going on with Balder. Right. Uh, you know, Mephistopheles from the from the Faust legend uh, that, you know, Christopher Marlowe probably has the most famous version of it. Where, you know, in order to get what you want, uh, you have to sell your soul. And, you know, Balder at first, you know, tries to laugh in scorn at it. Uh, But, you know, by the time we get, you know, into, you know, later scenes, uh, it's not entirely clear how that has come out. Has he sold his soul? Has he not? Uh, You know, that's something that kind of gets left hanging here in 350. Hmm. Baz, do you have anything for for three fifty? Um, yeah, and you keep having me follow Nathan, and like he has these great <laughs> combinations to these like these allusions to these great stories, and I'm just updating everybody on the weird drugging Thor plot. But that's Lorelei, important too, Baz. That's you're important like, too. You're like our correspondent in the field for it's, it. <laughs> it's important. I'm the expert on you know. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Baz um, so, is like, meanwhile, dot dot dot. <laughs> so Enchantress shows up, and we learn that she and Lorelai do not get along, even though they're sisters. But Enchantress would like Lorelai to assist in the war against Searcher because all hands on deck, he's destroying the universe. Let's get in here. And Mm -hmm. Lorelai's like, you're just jealous that I got the man that you want, girl. I'm not getting in there. So she stays back. She's enjoying her win with the Golden Mead. Doesn't know it's been watered down by the real American hero. And that's pretty much my only contribution other than to say the art, as always, is fantastic in this issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it it almost feels... um... I will say it almost feels uh, infinitely redundant for us for us to be like, <laughs> and of course the artwork isn't yeah. awesome. Like, and um, 
there was a there was a bit of news that came across uh, Marvel.com uh, the other day as as we're recording this. Uh, it'll be a few weeks after it once you're listening to this, listeners. But Walt Simonson is coming back to Thor to do a what if Loki story and mm. the cover. And we were getting ready for this episode. We were all reading these and I saw the cover. I was like, damn, man, you still got it. Like, yeah. like still got it. Never lost it. Like, you know, uh, when Walt draws Thor, I immediately like it just makes me feel good I, I don't know i don't know any other like way to say that but like when walt draws the word, i feel good about it and uh, i feel good about what we've done with 350 so let's can I, can I ask one more question real quick ryan i mean what do you oh. guys think about the goonhild side story because i mean i'll confess with with the just the grand scope of everything else going on the you know will the little kids beat the big dumb troll story just kind of right, takes yeah. me out of it a little I, bit. I actively hated that story because of like you said, I, 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 I feel like it's fine. Like it's a fine thing, but you've got all these world ending threats and you already have the silly mead plot. And then you're going to add a second silly plot in there too. just a little too much. Like you can have one weird one like that, but. Well, so I agree with Faz wholeheartedly. I did not like it. Um, I, and most of the times, even if I don't like something, I can, I can admit like, Oh, but I get why it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't even get why it's happening. Um, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a very niche, uh, annoying question we can ask Mr. Simonson himself. Uh, when he comes on. But does it come to play later on? Does it come to play later on? It does. Uh, in, fact, in a way, I mean, but it, it remains a self-contained storyline. Yeah. So, it doesn't I mean, you know, it doesn't link else. back. And there's a point. It isn't like the kids show up power up with the with the kid force and take out uh nope. Sert or anything like that. It's just nope. it's, it's with, it's no, with November rain playing in the background. Nothing they put into Wait, a different Thor story. Love that scene. Love you that love scene. That you know, you know I'm the biggest supporter of that movie. Oh, that was beat, I don't think that was well done. Yeah. With how much you love that movie. Quick 30 um, seconds, Thor Love and Thunder, severely underrated. Thanks, everybody. All right, next. Well, I again it goes back to like the style of the 80s. Like I'm I'm thinking of like you know, let's talk about a team. Let's talk about these things. They they have commercial breaks. They have subplots. They have like silly things on the side. Mm-hmm. So he's he's weaving in and out. And again, we talked about the Claremont influence of like X Men. The same thing was going on the X Men. Same thing was going on the Avengers. Like these these books. That yeah. was the pattern. That was the Marvel way at the time. And, so, and that's how you get everybody in, right? Because some people won't care about the big stuff, but they want to know what the kids are doing. In theory, I guess that's like yeah. that's the reasoning behind it. And the big mm-hmm. flaw is that uh, is that Guns and Roses hadn't released Use Your Illusion one and two yet. I mean, if yep. they had, the story would have been very different. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Nathan, there will be a point in when we get to 350, uh, 353 that I will actively hate that storyline the most. Hmm. And I like I reread it today and I was like, still don't like it. <laughs> still, like I'm trying like most listeners of this show know I actively try to like things. Mm-hmm. I very rarely actively dislike you positive. Really? Are you sure? Ryan? Oh, stop. We're not talking about some lame ass like Iron Man. Um, <laughs> I, did I did that to myself. I did that to myself. Um, so we're going to move on to uh, 351. And this this is the issue that Will was kind of alluding to where we're like, OK, everybody, here's the stakes. Here's what's happening. OK, everybody split up. 
Everybody's going to split up in this issue. And we're going to do like a Scooby-Doo style. Like, you know, you go with them and you go with them and you figure out this thing. I almost said split up and search for clues, but I stopped. And then <laughs> you said it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Beta Ray Bill can't see without his glasses. It gets really weird. It does. Um, it does get weird. <laughs> Roger, Roger uh, and the Human Torch just keep eating sandwiches and like some spooky kitchen. Yeah. And uh, Roger is just mowing down uh, Musfels like like there's no tomorrow, <laughs> like he's freaking Laura Croft. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here we go. The, the, here's what happens. Thor is kind of immediately going to go off to Asgard because he knows that's where the real fight with Surtur is happening, and he's not going to leave Odin un undefended, and he's not going to leave the Rainbow Bridge, Heimdall, anyone who's left. They've got kind of a skeleton crew left in Asgard because that's like the final line. That's the final line of defense. They kind of put all their eggs in this Midgard basket and they're that's Thor knows he needs to have like a strategic retreat back to Asgard. Now here's how we kind of split up the gang and guys if I forget kind of someone who got split off um, help me out here but mainly here's what happens. Roger and the Human Torch, yes, Johnny Storm, one of the members yeah. of the Four, they head off back to England to try and close the Casket of Ancient Winters, thinking that that will uh, positively benefit them against the Dark Elves and against the, the Fire Demons, and that will come into play later on. That actually plays a big role in the last issue that we're going to talk about today. So we have them going off back to England. They are in uh, Reed Richards' uh, Rip Roar 1 spaceship, and it's the fastest one he's ever invented, conveniently, just in time for this issue. And then we kind of go back to Balder. Balder's still trying to convince Carnilla, like, hey, Carnilla, like, it'd be really great if you'd come help us. And she's like, eh, no, I'm not really, I'm not really <laughs> Um, and I, I love the. This is probably the most we'll talk about Balder uh, in this. But uh, he says to her, uh, "I am no games player. That I should match my life against that of billions. Nor are you. Be thou the woman that you are, not the spoiled child that you pretend to be. The woman I know to be Balder. The, the Balder before you is no longer the god you knew. But you shall know. You shall know me, madam." Indeed, you shall. Balder is like, hey now, kind of, kind of a slut, and he's, <laughs> he's like, hey, if it gets, if it gets me, if it gets me, uh, the army that we need, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one for the team, everybody. And it's another romantic subplot, which is what these ones are actually about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then uh, we got Beta Ray Bill is still on the ground in New York. And there's a really funny exchange with a uh, an army colonel where yes. Colonel is talking to Vision. Vision is like the the leader of the Avengers at the time, and uh, this colonel turns around. And he's like, "Holy smokes, who is that?" And Beta and his helmet pops three feet off of his head in surprise. Right, right. Uh, very like, very uh, like um, uh, like we're suddenly in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's like, <laughs> like a Sunday. Oh, yeah, I didn't from. notice that until now. <laughs> like, yeah. no I, that's another one of those moments i'm like really i mean what 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 I, does that how, detail add to this cartoony the colonel is and beta ray bill's having none of it he's like 
Uh, as far as you're concerned, Colonel, I am Thor, and the battle is mine to command. It's oh, like, do I have time for this shit? No, there's no Looney Tunes do bullshit I have here. Time? Yeah. Absolutely not. Now, uh, re real quick, Ryan, before you go any yes, further, sir. the very next page, there is a figure who has a lot of lines. Is that Tyr? Is that Elif the Lost Return to Battle? I mean, who who is this figure? He never gets named. You're talking. And it was bugging me. Before the, 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 the page after the colonel's helmet pops uh, off because he gets surprised. Yes. So, uh, yes, Elif is in that scene and Tyr is in that scene. So, I was right on both counts. Yes. Elif comes back and Elif is going to kind of help out with one of the parts of the plan. And Tyr is going to be in the villain squad that's going to help out with another part of the plan. And a lot of these. A lot of what Beta Ray Bill is in charge of at this point, all of the people that are still on Midgard fighting all the fire demons coming through the portals, is they've got to close the portal, a la first Avengers movie. And they they have to do it. They have to do it because if, if they don't, like the the demons are gonna get through Midgard to Asgard. And then like then just everybody's screwed. So, uh, Beta Ray Bill is putting together a plan with all these other heroes and some villains to go close these portals. Meanwhile, let's get back to Asgard. Let's get to Thor and Surtur's big first fight. Um, uh, Surtur is there in his fiery flame diaper, and he is he's aboard the, the Rainbow Bridge, and <laughs> he's fighting Heimdall, he's fighting Thor, and then Surtur does something that has never been done before, will never be done again, will not be reduplicated, you know, dozens of times. He destroys the Rainbow Bridge. He what? That? What? Guys, I was as surprised as you were. Nobody's uh, ever done that. No it's one's probably hit way harder in the 80s, let's be honest. And no one will ever do it again. Um, but we see him lift Twilight up and he just bashes the crap out of the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, and then we cut away uh, we the the kid storyline with the troll uh, that we we already said we absolutely love, <laughs> uh, and uh, then really cool when we go back to Midgard, Beta Ray Bill and Sif have a they have a conflict because we know Beta Ray Bill and Sif have been away, um, kind of being like being the the cosmic heroes and they're kind of cleaning up the messes. Um, uh, related to Beta Ray Bill's people, they do not see eye to eye on what Sif should be contributing to this fight, and Sif takes none of his crap. This is that. some of my favorite Sif, because like, way back in the 60s, Sif was treated as this, like, man, she is really one tough broad. She really can fight when she has to. Now she's like, no, I have to fight. I want to fight. Get out of my way. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this. And, um, yeah, we, we we see Heimdall get taken out of the battle in Asgard. And then Thor and Surtur, they, they come to this huge climactic point where Thor is actually knocked out of the battle. And Thor stays knocked out for a while. In fact, a whole issue. Thor's not even in the next issue because of this blow that Surtur has has dealt him. But the last page, I have guys, I have to read this page again. I have to read this last page because Odin shows up in the fight. He says a little bit of a jerk thing. We're like, Odin, why did you why are you saying that? Um, but he shows up and uh Surtur says, Odin, Lord of Asgard. 
And Odin responds with back creature of evil. Though I could have aided him, uh, or valiantly hath my son fought the good fight. Long shall it be remembered in song and story. And though I could have aided him, that's the jerk statement that he said. <laughs> In case that eluded anybody, uh, I bided my time that you might expend such energy as you would to defeat him and thereby weaken yourself. So he threw Thor to the wolves and was like, hey, now I can come in and get the win. I, I like how he talks about it as if it's a marathon runner who just needs to let the other guy run longer to start so he can outlast him. Yeah, Like Sorter's just going to get tired and be like. Whew, sheesh. Okay, everybody, wrap it up. We got to go back. You know, I guess we'll do Ragnarok next year. Sorry, I'm, guys. I'm cramping up right now. Something fierce. Anyone got bananas? Um, he finishes up by saying, Now for my son Thor, for my brothers, Vili and Vey, I stand between you and the eternal flame of Asgard, and thou shalt pay for every drop of blood shed in thy hideous cause. Yeah. Mm. Like, inject that straight into my veins Walt Simonson that is so freaking good and like anyway I just sorry my my brief synopsis was basically me rereading the whole thing and saying <laughs> so I'm gonna tag I'm gonna tag out someone tag in yeah well, that, 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 that last ahead. bit that you're doing Ryan I mean it is so Shakespearean uh because I mean you got Odin shifting his pronouns in the middle of that sentence uh he calls searcher you but then in the the last insult, he switches to thou, which is how uh, Elizabethan aristocrats, at least in the plays, address servants and villains. So, mm. I mean, you know, I, again, I mean, just that that attention to detail on Simon's wow. part. I just love it. I love it. That's that's good. I'm like, I'm like, man, it's pretty cool that Thor like made himself into a tornado. That was fun. And then Nathan's like, notice the the shift of the pronouns, how Shakespearean and the villains. Well, imagine how I feel because there's you who's more highbrow than me. Yeah. Ryan, who's about the same, like maybe a little more highbrow than me. And then Nathan's just like eight levels above. And I'm sitting here like there wasn't even a mead comment in this. In there this wasn't, well, well, and, and, there wasn't and a sex that, joke. Okay. Why wasn't so, there a sex joke? <laughs> no, no, there was a sex joke. Baldur was here getting laid. It's Don't just... worry, Faz will get to it, Will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, right, I, right, I'm going to get right, the rest yeah. of my Shakespeare in first because when uh, <laughs> Thor is fighting Surtur, uh, one of his lines, you know, curse you, or uh, Surtur says, curse you, Odinson. Never have I felt such pain since I slew your father's brothers. And then Thor comes back, then shall I strike a thousandfold more strongly until thy lips cry hold enough. Yeah. And that that is the last line that uh, Macbeth shouts at Macduff before they yeah. enter their final mortal combat. Stop it. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's having a Macbeth moment there right in the middle of it. God. Meanwhile, I'm like, it's cool that Swiffer played baseball with the hammer and knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I love that Will instinctively was like, stop. No, no, no. I, I love it. Like, and meanwhile, I'm looking at like the sound effects. I'm like, remember that time when they were like, Shrakadoom? That was cool. And you're like, Macbeth. It's a lot like Crocodoom, but Shrakadoom is actually only okay, used time, in this context. Time to redeem us right here, Will. There's a cool panel where you see the the flakes of the Bifrost falling off. Oh, yes. I wrote that down. Yes. Yeah, that, that is beautiful to show that it's kind of going through the whole realms all destroyed. Look at us. Highbrow. Noticing the details. Nathan, this is the ultimate example of us trying to punch up. 
<laughs> but but that I mean I think that's why this this may be the greatest like story arc in Thor history like this particular one because so much it, we, it weaves out the um it weaves in like the hero moments the crossover the entirety of the Marvel universe um along with like attention to detail of Norse mythology and and Shakespearean um speak um I guess that's how you say that and then and then like with a cliffhanger of what was going to happen next is the battle continues. It's like, it's not over. We still have um, two more issues to, to get yeah. through this. So, all right. I, I want to tee you guys up because there is a bit of lore that I need to learn from you all. Cause on the second to last page, mm -hmm. um, searcher refers to twilight as having been forged in the heart of the galaxy. So, I mean, you know, in, in this universe, I mean, is, you know, Muspelheim, uh, part of the same galaxy as uh, Midgard is, or I mean, you know, are the realms different parts of the Milky Way? Or because I, uh, I mean, you know, he makes reference to the galaxy as if we know which galaxy he's talking about. Uh, the Bless answer up. is yes, Nathan. The answer <laughs> is yes. So yeah, we uh, Nathan, we actually got this question for our hammered Q and A. Oh no, kid! I I oh, see. I didn't do my homework. I didn't listen to that. Well, no, it was way too it. long. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it, trip went insane with all of his questions. Um, but so there's this there's this idea that uh, the Asgard and the Nine Realms are like in a pocket dimension by themselves, where they kind of interact with our dimension. Like uh, you you might be able to access it. And then there's the idea that they just like, it's just far out in space somewhere. And they're like in their own solar system kind of thing that like both. Well, and of course when Jason Aaron gets a hold of it, I mean, the mythology shifts completely, which I'm perfectly right. fine with. Cause I teach medieval literature, like and change that mythology. That's what I'm here for. The thing, the thing that I landed on personally, and the guys can speak to how, how, how they view this. Um, Faz clearly is like, yes, both obviously yeah um depends but on who you ask who's writing to me yes to me it's who is writing and what do they need asgard to be mm -hmm. where so so muspelheim is often referred to as being in the burning galaxy you know that's where like beta ray bill encountered the fire demons that send him into his meeting with thor he talks about the burning galaxy the burning galaxy i don't I think it's I think it's more hype, more talk than it actually is a literal galaxy where Muspelheim exists at the center of that galaxy. I think it's one of those things where it's it's um hyperbole for hyperbole's sake kind of thing. But okay, the whole enough, but his enough. whole thing started with like uh, this galaxy kind of like widespread like stars with a big sound effect doom and there's this forging of a sword so it starts with that first issue that simonson ever started with beta ray bill because that, that he has history with searcher too but it starts with and you're wondering like what is this going on and that's the kind of the b plot c plot that's kind of weaved throughout this beta ray bill origin story is that this forming and shaping of the sword in the galaxy so he's he's pointing all the way back to the first issue that simonson ever wrote and true yeah i got you and I, and I guess what what threw me is you know um beta ray bill i mean gets narrated as coming across the same you know space that you know midgard inhabits right uh but i got the impression that muspelheim was was a different space a different dimension a different whatever noun you want to use there that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily include the milky way because it's in you know something else 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think there's a clean cut answer. Um, okay, fair enough. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't know if, if there was some exposition issue where, you know, uh, Tilda Swinton, you know, pulled up a big map and showed you where everything is. <laughs> that was really good. That was good. Uh, but I, yeah, we, we didn't really have a, a clear cut answer when we did it on hammered Q and a, uh, and, yeah. we do not have a clear cut answer now. The, but the, the easiest thing to say is that Asgard and the nine realms as a whole are what we are, are not what we deserve. They're what we need right now. Right. There's no good answer that lasts the whole time. It's just whatever it needs to be for the story. I, I can see Ryan cringing. I can see Nathan laughing and Will's distracted by the, the dark night. <laughs> What's wrong what? with quoting the Dark Knight? I'm just, I'm just asking if I'm our movie guy. Or... We have a Shakespeare guy. We have a comics guy. We've got a movie guy. And we've got a host. That's our that's our thing. Of course, I'm quoting the Dark Knight. Why do I feel like I got the short end of that deal? <laughs> because you're all those things, Ryan. You're oh. a movie guy. You're a Shakespeare guy, and you're a comic guy. Let's listeners. Let's be very clear. Ryan is not a Shakespeare guy. I read Romeo and Juliet under duress <laughs> in <high> school. <laughs> Um, everybody- Can I go back to something earlier in this in this issue, real Absolutely. fast? Like, so so they have the Doom Tube, which Reed Richards which is, is forming, which is a great uh, compound noun, by the way. Yeah, and and like, but isn't Got that going back to like know. the Doom Tube of like Dark Side and like is he playing around with like the the Mother Box and the Boom Tube and all that kind of stuff? Like, because there's a portal, they're getting demons through. They got the Doom Tube, and I'm like. Okay, which came first, Dark Side Searcher? Uh, probably Dark Side because that's Kirby. Definitely Dark Side. Yeah, yeah, but but I think he's playing around with that kind of like trope of these demons coming through the portal that Reed has to science this thing. Let's science this problem out of the way, you know, and we right. gotta figure this out. I, I would say, right, I mean, and, and like I said earlier, the the tunnel is dependent upon a skyscraper mounted portal device. Yeah. So I mean, you know someone in that writer's room in you know 2010 whenever they were writing 2012 avengers had simonson open and said hey guys look at this frame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they, i mean it, it's it's i think it's one of those cool things about storytelling and creativity is like which came first i mean there's probably something that came first but like i think the coolest thing is like what inspired what and like Obviously, like like the dark side comparison and the 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 tubes, like in what Will is referring to, Simonson was uh, someday we'll hopefully get to ask him like how how uh, knowledgeable was he of what was happening in other people's books in other parts of the industry at the time? Like, did he look at an idea? He's like, oh, I think I can do my version of that. Yeah. Or and then what Nathan said, like people looking at these, you know, these big crossover style you know big these big movies like hey guys i have a cool element we could fit in here and it would be really cool um you know that's what's the the cool thing about creativity and being part of a team and um being inspired by other creatives uh we are going to just take a brief break here and before we jump into 352 we're gonna refill our 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 glasses and we're going to you know take some take some deep breaths because we have got a big big culmination of this storyline coming up in issues 352 and 353 we will be right back
Okay, everyone, we're going to take a quick time out to remind you all that we have a Patreon. You can, for a few bucks a month, join the Thorcore over on Patreon and join fantastic members of our next level of support. You can join folks like Will, Joshua, Eric B., Phil, Drew, Tripp, Haley, Joseph, Jason, Eric T., Brandon, and our lone listener supreme, the Burt Zerker. So all of those folks, they support us at that next level by joining the Thor Corps and checking us out on Patreon. Over there, you get bonus episodes, early audio for you know upcoming episodes, and you find out stuff about the show way in advance. You are in the know on the stuff that's going on across the Bifrost. So if you are able to we would just love you'd consider supporting us at that next level either way we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode okay everybody we're back for 352 353 we are going to race to the finish of this searcher saga and uh we're gonna start uh, off with an issue entitled ragnarok and ruin thor has been taken out of the battle and Odin takes center stage in his big once uh, once in a millennia rematch <laughs> with Surtur the Fire Demon. And uh, before we kind of get into a, a kind of a breakdown of this issue, Nathan uh, wanted specific attention drawn to the first page of this. So Nathan, why don't you why don't you uh, roll with that one? Uh, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that I noticed, I mean, really through the whole Searcher saga is just the supreme use of scale and perspective in order to tell the story. So, you know, I mean, when uh, we're focusing on Thor or Odin or Heimdall as sort of the agent, the one who's making things happen, uh, what we get is Searcher in the far distance so that, you know, the, the characters through perspective are a lot closer to equal in size um but you know i mean at the beginning of this issue you know just to give a sense of what's coming you know odin i mean you know who is the all father who is the bearer of the old odin power uh you know i mean he is i'm I'm just you know guessing here i mean maybe one-fifth the size in this frame of searcher so i mean yeah, you know yeah. just the the very first thing that drops into your eye as soon as you open the book is you know you got this thing that is many times grander than odin fantastic opening a big um scope uh use of use of a full page splash great use of it um this is the issue where um will had mentioned this a while back we talked about it at 351 we have our our teams are still split up our teams are off doing their thing. So really, this issue is kind of a continuation of most of the storylines, most of the themes that we had in 351. So we're going to just kind of uh, uh, tap back into where people are at and what, were, what has progressed in their story. So Thor has been taken out of the fight. Odin has taken over kind of the one-on-one fight with Surtur. They have a big, huge, you know, uh, bombastic fight throughout Asgard. 
lots of uh big like laser shots there's at one point we zoom all the way out of asgard and we're like yeah this explosion is uh pretty big it's 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 hotter uh than a than a sun and uh it's bright uh it's a big huge great uh horizontal splash there but then we 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 go back to our human heroes and our asgardians on the ground in midgard we're still trying to figure out how to stop the portal on top of the skyscraper. As um, as uh, Nathan said, uh, Reed Richards is trying to science the crap out of this uh, <laughs> situation we got here. But, you know, we see Fandral and Volstag and Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill is trying to keep everybody, like, locked in on, you know, on, you know, on mission. And then we uh, drop into what Sif is doing. Sif is basically supposed to draw out the fire demons she and all the warriors of valhalla are, are they're playing this cat and mouse game with the army of muspelheim and sif has a great line in here uh listeners to this show know uh i love sif she's awesome i think walt simonson may write her the best uh yeah. because she is on she is like unabashed unhinged and as she is unhinged yeah, I mean, she's just like, she's just going for it, man. Um, when she is leading the the Valhalla warriors uh, from the Fire Demon, she, she shouts, Heroes of Valhalla, though we may never again, uh, we may never ever return to the green fields of Asgard, let us show these demons that the warriors of the Golden Realm are deadlier than the fiends of hell. So, I mean, goosebumps everywhere. Um, and she she is leading this charge away as we drop in with Faz's favorite character, Roger Willis in the Human Torch, who uh, they have a pretty generously uh, uh, timed storyline in this where they're, they, they, go back, they go back to England and they're trying to reassemble the casket of ancient winters because uh, as uh, as you know, from the last Simonson saga episode, Malekith was an uber douche about the uh casket of ancient winners there uh he, he basically smashes it and the the icy gateway opens up that allowed Surtur to come into midgard so they're going to go and rebuild it rebuild the casket hoping that that will undo this winter that has taken over uh midgard we go back to sif's plan where they're drawing the fire demons out uh, Tear and the Executioner, they pin them between what I believe are the Twin Towers. Yep, that's the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah so, how about uh, that? So that definitely ages differently. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, Simonson's writing this in the mid-80s, uh, and those, uh, those buildings signify something entirely different now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're using those they're using the 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 space in between the towers as kind of a funnel to get the demons to go through there so they can isolate an attack right there and reed gets his plan to work they've scienced the crap out of this and i don't even remember all of the explanations so i'm not going to try because it's reed richards and i don't remember reed richards dialogue worth a crap guys i think um, those around him don't either they're like okay whatever reed keep going cool, reed. <laughs> science 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 fix fix science, fix science science science, science, science. Yeah. science. <laughs> Uh, we go back to uh, the continuation of Odin's fight with Surtur. We're getting closer and closer to Surtur's goal. Surtur's goal is to ignite 
his sword Twilight in the eternal flame that is being kept on Asgard. And Odin's basically trying to keep him from that because if his sword is lit, if Twilight is lit aflame with the eternal flame, basically game over. Nothing can stop him at that point. He is power uh, power personified. He cannot be touched at that point. So that's what Odin is trying to keep Surtur from doing. We jump into that little storyline with the troll and the kids and moving on. And uh, Gunhild stabs him in the butt. Yeah, it you know Wait, actually is it in the butt? Oh my god. Yeah, there is there is a butt stabbing in this in this issue. There is it's a just butt. like in, in the middle of the most epic parts of this run, we get again we get trolls. When we get to 353, I will scream at how, how they choose to break up some of the stuff. Do you do you think that it's it's a troll because he's trolling us? I highly doubt it. Yeah, unlikely, right? If it was Jason Aaron uh, right this it, comic's yes. being written today, I'd say absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let me just mention too, like there's something yeah. that Surtur says when he's like, before the lands of fire and ice, I was there. And so pointing back to like a uh, key Norse mythology, I just I was in uh Iceland um last summer and and it's the land of fire and ice because you have literally volcanoes right next to like glaciers and and ice. So so and that's where vikings hung out that's where norse mythology was was shaped and formed way back when so so again um simonson knows his history there and again like the land of fire and ice and uh and you know even game of thrones like uh it was filmed in iceland and he named his books off, off most of that stuff so like that connection there i found was like oh stood out for me like big time because he's like naming it um from the get-go yeah i'm truly um it's uh I love all the will will just kind of reference one of my favorite things about these stories is the language that gets to gets to be used in here. This over the top, crazy, grand, high fantasy language. You're never going to find this in a Spider-Man comic. You're not going to find this in an X-Men comic. You're not going to find this even even in like a Captain America comic where he's prone to giving monologues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to find this type of writing in those books because it is tailor-made for the thor book it th- this is thor's moment to shine and his the language has always been part of Thor's stories there is a incre- there's an incredible human moment here that we get from beta ray bill where they've they've reverse engineered this portal to kind of be like Okay, you guys thought you were coming here. We're going to you guys. So Beta Ray Bill <laughs> leads the the forces through the gate, and they don't really know where they're going to end up. So the narration box goes like this: We see uh, the ch- uh, cheer. The forces of Asgard mount in the sky, and through the glowing gate, way atop the Empire State Building, they emerge in the heart of the Sahara Desert. And into a seemingly endless sea of demons. And then Beta Ray Bill just in small font says, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I love that, that poetic so language. And then you get, uh oh. And then at the end of that, I think at the end of that um, whole whole book, you have like, next, Doom 2. Uh oh. Yeah, right. We get lots of uh ohs. Uh, <laughs> because really, this is our, this is our um, Empire Strikes Back. This is the point where the bad guy is winning and he's about to like literally the last pages are Surtur takes out Odin. He freezes him completely in this orb from the dawn of the dawn of existence, um, which, you know, hey, 
Why the heck not? Um, And then Surtur goes to the Eternal Flame. He puts the sword into the flame. And uh, we get we get this narration box. A hush settles over the worlds, and all of existence seems concentrated in the flame, the sword, and the demon. Doom two. So Surter. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Exactly. Our knowledge, Surter has done what he said he would do. He's done what he set out to do. Now, obviously, we have one more issue. Mm-hmm. Did he? Respond, but this Did is kind he? of our Empire Strikes Back, where. Um, the bad guy seemingly is winning, and um, and he's got the uh, good guy frozen. Right? Hey, hey! The parallels are endless. What? Golly. So, uh, Baz, what did you think of three fifty two? I think it's the perfect setup to knock them all down. Now we've got everything in place. We've got all of our dominoes in line. The art, as always, is insane. We get a lot of cool character beats. Unfortunately, no gold mead for those that are listening for that Thor part. Gets this but... issue off, as does Thor. <laughs> the, they got time for that. They got time for romance. It's time to fight. It was kind of weird. Like this is an entire Thor book that Thor is not in. Yeah, he's so much Thor adjacent stuff though. What did you say, fast? So much Thor adjacent stuff, right? Like you don't always need oh, specifically right. Thor right. when you've got right. like it's it's not like this is a Captain America issue or anything. Like this is all specifically well, Thor guys going well, around. I I think um I forget maybe it was John Jameson that said this during our episode with him, Nathan, that maybe the best way to treat Thor is as a team book. Yeah, that was what John treat said. Him mm-hmm. Like almost like, well, correct me if I'm wrong here, Will, but it'd almost be like, hey. It's an X-Men book, yes, but we're still going to talk a lot about Wolverine. Like, right. It's like, oh, this is an Asgard team book, but we're going to do a lot of stuff with Thor. Mm-hmm. Like, but but the, 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 the team aspect, I remember when John said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a perfect way to do a Thor book. And uh, like Faz said, there's so much adjacent stuff in here that Thor's not in the book, and we don't really miss him. So, um... Yeah, because you have the scepter supreme because you got Odin doing his thing. I mean, uh, yeah, this is really Odin's like, hey, hey, uh, I can still go a few rounds if I need to. Um, any other thoughts Uh, on would you say, Ryan, that he could do this all day? He could do this all day, he could because then Odin at least knows he's gonna get an Odin sleep after this. (laughs) But, uh, guys, any other thoughts on 352 before uh, Nathan brings it home? I, I'm going to do one issue 352 geek out and then you'll find out I lied and I'll probably do Only another, one. but, uh, Only one, though. but, but the, uh, the world trade center bit, um, you know, I mean, obviously after 2001, it reads very differently, but, right. uh, reading it, you know, as a Simonson story, uh, once again, I mean, all the way down to battle tactics, he is showing his supreme literacy, uh, because this is exactly the way that the battle of Kanai gets narrated and the battle of Kanai, uh, for listeners who, you know, didn't take, you know, ancient history yesterday, uh, is when Hannibal, uh, defeats the Roman legions by staging a false retreat. And then when the Romans charge in, he brings in armies on the flanks and crushes them between. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, Sif here is Hannibal. I mean, she has defeated a far superior force, Mm -hmm. uh, by a false retreat and by playing on their psychology. Nice. Wow, he just has that ace in the pocket. Um, uh, but um, Nathan, you want to just continue on into 353, the culmination 
the as the cover promises, the finale of the Surtur saga. There is so much packed into this one. Sure thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, on the, the earlier episode I was on, you know, Ryan kept pointing out that uh, Odin was wandering around in a very uh, Gandalf looking hat. And of course, yes, you know, at 352, he, he finally gets his you, you shall not pass moment. He does. So, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say that on 352 before we move to 353. But in 353, I mean, you know, we start out with the grand triumph of Surtur. Uh, we've got Thor unconscious. We've got Odin frozen. And we start out with this, you know, full page splash Ugh. of Surtur putting Twilight into the Eternal so Flame. And then the next page, uh, we get these lovely sound effects. And and then Surtur says, my sword, why isn't it lit? <laughs> and he has the incredulous look like with one yes, eye. And, and, it, and it's funny because I mean, he's basically a pair of eyes and a mouth on a like lion's mane of fire. But yes. he does have exactly that facial expression, even with those limitations. And we find out, of course, that it is Loki. Yes. And, you know, what, what, what's great about this is that Loki is one of a trio of characters in this run of episodes who has made it about himself instead of joining in the fight. Uh, right. Carnilla refuses to come in. Lorelai refuses to come in. And Loki refuses to come in. The difference, of course, is that uh, Loki uh, is only apparently uninvolved because he has been pulling the strings the whole time. Uh, you know, we get this glorious dialogue and once again, all of these perspective shots and with Loki, because he's the trickster in one frame, he'll be this gnat next to the gigantic Surtur in the next one, because of the perspective, he'll be a little bit bigger than Surtur. Then there are several Loki surrounding Surtur and so on and so forth. I mean, it's just a, again, artistically just glorious. Yeah. Uh, he mocks Surtur as being simple minded, uh, which is, you know, just absolutely what you want loki to be doing he is that he is the iago of marvel um <laughs> and as that battle rages uh you know our 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 favorite character here and by the way i you know one thing about language no i'll save that for later i'll save that for later but roger returns and he has reassembled the <laughs> cask of ancient winters uh with and you glue. know with glue yes with, with <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> And when this happens, uh, the effect uh, reaches across the nine realms and with the power of the casket of ancient winners, once again, trapped Odin can break free from his frozen prison. Uh, and we get, you know, the, uh, the great triple battle cry of this finale, uh, you know, what's that? I love this part. Sorry. Yes. I, yes. I yes. Excited. Uh, Odin cries out for Asgard. Thor cries out for Midgard. Loki cries out. For myself, <laughs> ah, it's my favorite panel. Of, yes, of the whole oh series. man, uh, so yeah. Good. So I love that. I love that. Um, then, I mean, you know, we get, you know, once again, just this glorious, you know, sense of scale as you know these tiny Asgardians fight the gigantic Surtur. Then we get the kids and the troll again. I'm going to let Ryan tee off on that later. Oh! <laughs> this was okay. I, I haven't written it. Uh, hold on, Nathan. Hold yeah, on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Man. I'll get this Tee out off. of the way. Tee off. Um, this felt so poorly timed. <laughs> right. Like 
I, like again, I haven't written shit. Like I haven't written a comic ever. What do I know? As a reader, I was reading this and I was like, "Oh yeah, things are gonna get good." Oh damn it, the troll! <laughs> I was like, "We just got like we just got going here." Like I can understand if we like cut back to Beta Ray Bill fighting the demons or like anything else. Like I don't know, maybe that would have been a good place to put the Balder and Carnilla showing up. In, into the fight there but like it took me out of the moment that while it was building with the sort of stuff I was like I was like oh ready to go and then we I cut to that and I'm like womp womp now I mean the the one thing and I'm, I'm going to damn it with frank praise here uh it, it actually <laughs> is a visual parallel uh because you've got the tiny Asgardians swarming the gigantic searcher and then you cut to the tiny children swarming the grand troll and Ryan the listeners, Ryan is uh, shaking his head. He's not buying this. I'm trying, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. I, no. And, and okay, honestly- I'm, I'm also going to spin it for a second. The art is beautiful. The troll looks cool. The kids all look sufficiently different for this sort of storyline. Sufficiently different for, for page. What, what, what page is it? Like 15, 14 yeah, of the true. final chapter of this amazing comic. No comment, but you know it's it's a good it's it's a good page. Anyway, I, I'm completely so so, so at the end of the issue, here, forty years old. Yeah, at the end of the issue here, we get the grand payoff where the storylines come together. Uh, in the Sahara, uh, you know, a combined force of Hercules, She-Hulk, Vision, and Beta Ray Bill tip the gate, and it comes crashing into the sands of the Sahara. The demons are unable to connect with their power source and their army disintegrates searcher senses that defeat of the demons at that moment uh odin i mean basically goes voltron again we're not quite sure how i guess because he's got the odin power he can go voltron without his brothers there although maybe they are there maybe that that's the message that i should have taken from that yeah and uh you know he grapples with searcher and you know as the issue ends i mean you know searcher and odin both topple and they both disappear, and Thor and Loki alike are calling for their father as the issue ends. So it, it is a grand ending to, you know, a grand run of issues. Oh, man. I mean, Nathan, amazing, amazingly synopsized. Um, guys, there's, I feel like there's so much in here. Um, maybe let's just, uh, let's pick on a few things. And then we can we can wrap up our our, our thoughts. Um, I yeah, do want to I, say something about the language real quick mm-hmm. uh, because I mean one of the glorious things about this is that you do have all of this soaring, you know, Tennysonian and Shakespearean language just flying in these issues, and then you've got two characters named Bill and Roger, and I mean when you put the names Bill and Roger into a grand Tennysonian speech, mm-hmm. I mean that, that disconnect. Uh, I mean I. <laughs> It, I mean, it, it, it's just great humor. And, you know, uh, it, that's one of the things that I, I really have come to enjoy about these things. And I like it that Roger is like the everyday man. Like you have the heroes, you have the demon, you have the gods. And then Searcher calls, you know, the Asgardians godlings. Like, oh, you bunch of godlings, like demeaning kind of language. And then and then you have Roger, like the everyday man. who's like there to help, you know, the human in, in the midst of it all. So, one thing about Roger in this, um, it's there's a page. I think it's page eight. He in the bottom right hand corner 
in this panel, he has resting Eastwood face so hard. <laughs> like I just like I want him to say the word punk so badly. Um I love that he is kind of a caricature of something, but I don't know what he's a caricature of. He's like a caricature of so many different things. And I I think Faz should probably get the the closing statement on Roger in this storyline, really in this these last eight issues we've we've read uh in the Simonson saga, because Roger has really taken across the Bifrost by storm. There's just there's really something special about a comic about a space Viking set in Shakespearean style stories with allusions to every famous story that's ever come through in history, speaking in in crazy stories with giant grand imagery and just a guy with a gun and an American flag on his hat <laughs> plays a pivotal role in making sure that this comes through. He's not just any guy. He's just an old, angry man yeah. who may as well say the phrase, I'm too tired for this bullshit at every mm-hmm. moment. Right. He is, he's the Murtaugh of this entire comic. And like, uh, you're right. Like he does, he like, seriously, he fits in this, but he also really doesn't fit in mm-hmm. this. And I think that's the best thing about him is that you don't open up a Thor book thinking like, man, if only there was a, a a grizzled vet with a gun in this book. Oh, wait, we have that, too. We have we have all the things. Um, but, uh, Will, what did you what did you think about the the culmination of of our Surter saga, the 353 um, and how we we really came to a giant, huge climactic end um uh with with Surtur and the in in the battle with him. You know, I had forgotten that Loki was in the mix. And so it's one of those things like why I didn't think he would show up there at the end to help. Like when I turned that page and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm the master of illusion. I'm sitting here leaning against like kind of picking my teeth like all casual. Like he was yeah, all James all yeah, all Jamie. And I'm like, oh crap. It, it really was like heck yeah. It was like a shout out moment, like clap my hands. Uh, and I don't know why I got duped to thinking that that wouldn't happen. But and then, and then that panel of like for Asgard, for Midgard, for myself, it's just like one of the best panels in all of comics almost. Um, and then you have like She-Hulk, Hercules, others, Better A Bill. They're all playing their part in this kind of a climactic end to this battle. But like you said, there's so much going on that there's like, oh, don't this isn't the end of Simonson's Thor run. This isn't the end of Thor. Uh if you go to the next Odin's loss, oh, there's yeah. still a, like a final page. Like I want to see what happens next, and so literally right. the next that next um, issue is called picking up the pieces because there's so much that was broken from all of this the series, and so they have yeah. to kind of like let's see where these characters are at the at the end of this this huge battle. But but th- these five issues are are pretty epic in, in scope and 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 really peak comics in in my humble opinion. I, you're I don't I I don't think you could have said it better will like this this we have a complete story at the end of this surter's defeated but then there's that small thing of like odin is gone and you know it's not the first time he'd be gone it's not the last time he'd be gone but we we see not not just thor we see thor and loki scream out father at the end yeah and i think that is huge because just in when when uh, when Faz and I talked to Albert about Malekith's storyline, uh, 
Mount or uh, Loki is very, very specifically like not with, uh, not with Odin being his dad, and uh, we I think we talked about it also at the end of Nathan's episode with John, like he's like oh he's not like he's not my he's my you know uh, my my brutish half brother and my oafish you know uh, mm-hmm. you know, stepfather you know he's not about that but then at the end of this he he passionately yells out father when odin falls yeah. into the, the the fissure with with surter um there's uh there's just a few things i wanted to to note here a lot of it is a lot of it is thor and uh because i feel like we actually for being a thor storyline we haven't talked a lot about thor in these issues um because so much is happening around thor and and like faz said there's so much thor adjacent stuff going on and um there's a moment where uh, Odin is being pushed back to the the eternal flame, and Surtur's still going for. It. They haven't really they haven't really uh, gotten him back on his. They got haven't gotten Surtur back on his heels yet, and Thor opens up the storm on him, and he says it with this language. But now the very the very power of storm shall help defeat you, for I am in my own world now and here my power is supreme come storm come fury thy master calls like Mm. again walt you rock man like yeah and you see his powers in full display like whether he's twirling his hammer or making himself a tornado or throwing down lightning or rain and wind like they're all there he's throwing everything at it and and yeah you really see like his his powers and who he truly kind of represents and is in, in full display that yeah they um just when uh when beta ray bill when beta ray bill and uh the other heroes collapse the gate on the on the army and beta ray bill says forward warriors of asgard forward heroes of valhalla forward all as we sweep the enemy before us to his total destruction and is that very like the very heroic hammer outstretched um pose we don't even see them route the enemy that's just where the panel ends that's where the page ends and we just like we are we are so amped up and ready to go and like i love how this book it brings us to the to the climactic finish with all these like they raise the stakes again and again and again and again and again and again and this this issue builds on what the previous four issues have set up so well. And then we get Thor with the hammer throw and Odin yeah. kind of like body slams him into the, into, you know, the nothingness of earth. And the story is done. Um, as is our review of the story. Mm-hmm. Guys, can I, can I, can I say one more mythological yeah, I was say, thing? Final, final thoughts. Um, about 15 pages into the episode, in, into the issue, pardon me. And my page numbers are different because I'm in the omnibus. Okay. But when they are first emerging into the Sahara Desert, and, and we get this, you know, uh, long speech from Beta Ray Bill. Uh, one of the things he says, the Lady Sif may even now have paid the full price for her valor, lying somewhere beneath the piles of the dead and dying in New York City, where we defeated the demons previously. And then the next thing he says, this this is where I was just geeking out so hard, but though she may be dead, she shall not go unmourned or unavenged. And this this is what Beowulf says just before he leads the uh, Danes to go fight Grendel's mother. 
Of course. Stop it. Just that's stop. why that's why you invite a, a Nathan Gilmore to your party. Uh, so so once again, I mean, what what I just love about this is that I mean, you know, I mean, anyone could drop you know lines from famous stories and plays into a comic book. Uh, Simonson does it at such supremely fitting times, and there's just yeah. so, such an artistry to it that I just love it. Yeah, Baz, do you have any final thoughts on three fifty three and really the the Surger saga as a whole? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take this moment to get on my soapbox and talk about the the drawing, the coloring, the costume design. As you should. We we don't talk about it throughout all the issues just because no one wants to hear me make the same five points eight times in a row, but Walt <laughs> is fucking incredible at this stuff. Everybody looks their quintessential comics look. Odin has like four incredible looks that he's as he's transforming in the various different forms. Yeah. Thor is always looking insane with his six discs. Classic Loki is looking classic. Sif's looking amazing. Roger looks really good. <laughs> Everybody is looking classic great. Beta Roger Ray Bill. Look. Classic Roger. I'm a Beta cosplay Roger. Perfect. You, you should, Will. The number of panels that we can go, holy shit, look at this panel, is just once a page almost to the point right. where we can't even do it because it's just like we can't be here for six hours no right. one wants to listen to that and we just don't have time it's just no one wants to listen to that. <laughs> well our thor core members would gladly listen to it as long as we got in deep about the mead obviously but right, right. Uh, obviously but this uh just some of the images that the one that sticks in my brain is the for Asgard, for Midgard, for myself, shot of the yeah. three of them all in a hero pose about to fight. Like just yeah, the number of iconic poses that I want to recreate next time that I'm doing a Thor shoot is just immeasurable. And Walt just continues to dominate no matter how horny he is in this run. <laughs> there's times where I'm like, I hope Walt Simonson hears this. And there's other times I'm like, I hope he never hears this. Look, I... I think he should know that we love him more than anything and that we are obsessed with these comics. Oh, yeah. oh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I feel like every time I have to answer the question, so your podcast is only about Thor. I'm like, yeah, only about Thor. They're like, that seems like a weird obsession. And I'm like, oh, buddy, we, we you don't know the half of it. Yeah. Of the iceberg. <laughs> um, so, uh, Will, do you have any final thoughts on 353, Surter Saga, this episode of, of the Simonson adventure we're on? Well, I think, you know, with the with our hammered Q&A, there, there was the question, what's the quintessential run? If you had to read, uh, uh, other than Aaron's God Butcher run, what are you, you going to read? And and this is, this is the one I would point people to. Oh, I mean, that is... And I'm not surprised by the choice. That is incredibly high praise and and yeah. very a very worthy company, uh, with one of the quintessential not just Thor comics, the one of the quintessential modern comics with mm-hmm. God Butcher. I think this is. I agree. I agree with Will. Like, if you want a Thor story that feels like what a Thor story should feel like, these five issues will do it. Like yeah. these five issues will will give you all the the main feels uh, of a great Thor story. Um, 
And it's and it's it's the whole scope of the Marvel universe. So it's like, yeah, it's not a big crossover run. We have to get a bunch of tie-ins. Like you have some of your favorite Marvel heroes, like Fantastic Four and the Avengers, show up to help out because New York's being invaded. You know, so it's 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 Thor, but it's not like I'm reading the original source material of Norse mythology. It's like it's Marvel Thor, and and kind of gets back to the roots of that. And I, yeah. I, I think it's um, yeah, can't can't. Everybody so more praises uh, of it. I mean, the, we're so happy that you got that you got this far in the Simonson saga with us. We have so much more Simonson saga left. Like, if this is if this episode has been like, man, these comics really are great. I should go back and read them. You should go back and read them. You should go back and read them, and you should read ahead because we got so many great uh, we got so many great storylines coming up. We have Scourge's Last Stand coming up. We have Frog Thor coming up. We what? have the time variance authority coming up. We there's so many great things, and we're eventually going to get to the Midgard serpent, and we're going to talk about armored Thor when Thor gets a brand new look um, that was, you know, kind of inspired the look from Love and Thunder. We're going to talk about Baldur's <laughs> miniseries. There's so much good stuff coming up. We have scratched the surface on the Simonson saga. We have talked about a lot of his famous issues. But we are far from done talking about great comics that Walt Simonson wrote, Walt Simonson drew. So I want to thank all my friends, all my friends who decided to hang out with uh, with us today on this Thor's Day. Um, Will, Faz, Nathan, thank you so much, guys. Um, I, I cherish the time we get to hang out. And uh, man, we don't get to do it enough. We don't get to do it enough. Um, but uh, everybody, we are going to sign off right now. You can check us out uh, on Instagram at Mighty Thor Podcast. You can check out our Discord. Uh, we have links for that. Faz and I are on there a lot, kind of just uh, chilling with people. Will pops in every once in a while. We haven't gotten Nathan on Discord yet. We should. We should get Nathan. I, on- I, I keep meaning to, and I forget. I'm right on the spot. I love it. Now he's got an excuse. Sorry, I was watering my cat, guys. Otherwise, I would have been on. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you're if you're like Will and Faz, and you you're already joining our Discord, awesome! Shoot us a line. Tell us what you're thinking about new comics, old comics. Just we have a general thread where you can just throw out whatever. And if you're like Nathan, you're like, I've been meaning to do that. Hey, go check out the link join today we would love to have you join our little small but mighty uh, community over there on discord you can join our patreon join the thor core become another one of the listeners listeners prime and you can uh, support us there everybody really no matter what you do no matter where you're at uh, if you can support us at the next level that's awesome if you can't we just encourage you keep listening keep engaging with us and no matter where you are what you're doing remember to do one thing And that is to stay worthy. Da 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 da.